what episode is this? 46? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's 46. Yes. Yes, I'm, it's 46. Or is it 45? It's 46. It 45? 45 is Buckaroo. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's a blooper reel for us right there. <laughs> I, I was about to look it up because I was like, I think it's... Yeah, we're getting close to that 50 mark, All right. dude. <laughs> All right, everybody. You know, if we've been doing an ep- Go ahead. I'll shut up. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Another episode of your favorite show, The Held Ming Power Hour, where we take you back in time to check out some of your favorite movies. And this week is no different. It is a classic that me and my co-host, who's sitting by, Mr. Danny Bennett, we both love it. What's up, Danny Bennett? Hey, not a whole, whole lot. I'm just in here on Saturday morning thinking about 1997 when this movie came out and how much of a fun romp it is because, uh, man, I've seen this movie a dozen times, if not a hundred and every time, it's just as good as the last. Right. And I haven't really checked it out in probably a couple of years, but it's one that uh, Danny and I used to check out back in the day, actually, when it came out. And uh, I believe you introduced me to this one, and, and it just became my favorite of ours. So it is fun to finally get back to some of these movies that we absolutely love and get to talk about. And this is a, a 90s movie, which we haven't jumped into a whole lot of. But uh, we're talking about Gross Point Blank. And for you that are not familiar... It's just a fantastic movie. Um, very fast-paced, quick-witted, lots of fun, and uh, just really looking forward into jumping in this one, man. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, uh, I've recently seen it pop up in a couple of strange places. I was I was perusing Reddit the other day, and I saw where somebody just out of the blue put a, a post out there saying, Gross Point Blank is a movie about a high school reunion for a, an assassin, and and, and he was just saying everybody should check it out. And I thought, man, I got to get on the ball if we're going to get ahead of this curve because right. people are starting to notice these things, and, and it's a good thing. That's usually how it works here at Helming Headquarters because when we're recording stuff, it's like we're about we're ahead of our time, but we're only about you know 20 minutes ahead. So, <laughs> so that kind of uh, affects us trying to crank stuff out. Next thing you know, everybody's talking about Buckaroo Banzai or, you know, however that works. So, uh, yeah, that's just a, a curse that we have here. It's what happens when you're when you're ahead of your time. And how are that's we right, ahead of our time? we got a time machine. We do have a time machine, you know, and it's it's helped us out a great deal. I mean, when I don't have time to work on something, I just, I just borrow it and go back, and then I make sure to put it in the trash can. When I get back, I check the trash can, and it's in the bottom. Right. Which which you just recently made a trip to the future. I um uh, I got to hear the the actual audio of that. That was pretty cool, man. Oh yeah, man. Well, I'll just take a second to give a shout out to the witch because um, I think he can hear us over some kind of trans time broadcast. But I won't get into the semantics there. Not that I could if I wanted to, because I don't understand that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, the the witch versus the doomsday clock. It's a fantastic, really really fun. Uh, podcast, super short episodes, you know, just meat and potatoes. And I had a great time being on there. He's a fantastic gentleman and I enjoyed every minute of it. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you actually took the time machine and went and visited him in the future. And he was kind of upset about what's been going on with us and, and sending messiahs because he said it causes a rift that goes throughout the rest of time and kind of leads to the demise of the future, actually. Yeah, that's a problem. And, you know, I, I told him that I'd come back as an advocate. We need to bury the hatchet and not in each other's skulls. Yep. While so, we uh, while we work out this problem, you know, I think we can. I think we 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 pranked each other a little bit, and and now it's time to draw this to a close. There is a peace treaty being written up as we speak, so uh, hopefully that'll work out for the best. But before we move on, we've got a new segment that you, the fans, requested, and it's called "What Did You Watch?" Get us all. Gets you every time. <laughs> oh man, yeah, such a good theme coming in. Yeah, so original. <laughs> Hail Ming. <laughs> so, what did you watch, man? Oh man, I mean, this week is a long week. I had a lot of downtime. I just hung around and stared at the wall. Oh, okay. So you didn't watch anything then? No, no, I didn't. I didn't check anything out. Yeah, I. I do you know what? I I really didn't either. Uh, I did I did dream about watching something, but then I woke up. Yeah, did you wake up? Yeah, yeah. I woke up. So, so that's it for what did you watch? Folks, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization. Now with full dental and tuition reimbursement. Cobra! And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hailming! All right, welcome back. So yeah, man, we get to talk about 1997's Gross Point Blank. And for you that don't know, you got a pretty much an all-star cast. Uh, it's a great movie, and it's going to be fun diving into that. Before we do that, you know, we got to take the time machine back in time to go check it out. We have to have our sponsors that we talk about to keep the thing up and running. And uh, I've got us a new one that just uh, just popped up uh, this last week. It's Shauna Smith's Ice Cream Palace. And uh, their motto is, is I scream, you scream, and then the cops come, and then it gets awkward. Oh. You know, that, that's a pretty good slogan. It, it, it grabs your attention. Right. And I will say that as far as the time machine goes, the, the most frustrating thing about it is that the time machines are all completely different. So ours is an older model. Right. And when you need parts for it, you know, it's hard to find them because they quit making parts. And the real frustrating thing is... You could go back in time and get that part before they stopped making it, and it was obsolete. But you can't because the time machine's broken. And it's, it's frustrating. I mean, maybe we should go back and just do a part run, you know, stockpile some up. Uh, again, to keep up and running, though, for these expensive and obsolete parts, I, I also managed to get us a sponsor this week. I got a Frank's Parrot Emporium. Looking for a feathered friend? We'll give you the bird. <laughs> I didn't really know where you were going with that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, well, you can thank Frank. He came up with it. I, he was very proud of himself. I, I'm not sure what he does with the birds that don't sell, because that guy has a lot of really ornate hats with red and blue feathers on them. Well, they probably go to uh, this other sponsor that I've got. I wasn't going to use it till next week, but the, oh. Chris Chandler's uh, Foo King Chinese Restaurant. Where their motto is, is <laughs> where their motto is is no, we haven't seen your cat. <laughs> oh man, I I thought it was going to be <laughs> get some get some food king Chinese food. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 
So with that said, we have to jump into the time machine. So everybody, everybody, it's just you and me, but everybody listening, we're going to jump into the time machine. Here we go. All right. 1997. Here we go. Hold on. What? Oh, man. What happened? I, I don't know. It, it, it started off. Huh. Hey, where's the time chicken? He should be right there. He's not, he's not in the cage. Oh, man. He flew the coop. We, we really need to get a better, a better time chicken coop or time chicken cage or. Hey, there's something. What's that in the, in the coop right there? That looks like a little piece of paper. That's a ransom note. It's a shopping list. It says Matt Psyop's shopping list. <laughs> he, I think he it was just caught in the wire of the cage. I think he accidentally left it behind. Matt like, Psyop stole our chicken. Man, Cinema Psyops just stole our time chicken. Man. Well, so much for the peace treaty. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought, I thought, um, just like Grocer, I was like, you know, our uh, communications had begun in good faith. Right, right. Hmm. What's on that shopping list? Anything good? Uh, just uh, micro condoms. <laughs> half and half. It says something here about hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. That, that makes sense. Yeah, it looks like the shopping list for a for a, an undergrad going to college in, you know. Well, there you go. 1989 or something. All right, guys. Sorry we have to drag you all through this. Sorry we can't go back in time now because of Matt and Court. I imagine Court had something to do with it. I'm just assuming. But uh, so, yeah, we'll just have to uh, do this movie without going back in time, folks. I'm sorry. I know that's what you look forward to, taking the trip with us. Luckily, we know this movie well enough. We'll be able to handle it. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to figure out how to get back at those guys for this one because they're supposed to be on the up and up and be nice. We talked yeah. about the time rift. And uh, here you go. Here they go. They're at it again. We're worried about we're worried about the witch. You know, we don't want to cause doomsday. But, I mean, I guess some people just, uh, just got to push it a little further. Oh, there'll be doomsday, all right. But it won't be in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe. Hell, <laughs> Anyways, uh, to move forward, in order to talk about this movie, we still have to have a synopsis, and I hope our synopsis is intact. But I believe this is a favorite of people that have grown up watching Sesame Street. Here's Elmo. Hi, it's Elmo. And I'm here to talk to you about Ghost Price Line. When Martin leaves his dangerous job to return to his high school, he runs into lots of friends, including a very special friend named Debbie. Debbie and Martin have adventures together, and eventually they fall in love. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you can't fool me, Court Psyops. I know that's you. <laughs> that's how it usually sounds, right? Yeah, well, the, 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 the synopsis was kind of a true one, so... <laughs> Actually, you know, come come to think of it, there wasn't enough cussing in that one to be. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into it, Danny. Gross point blank. Why do we watch this movie? Man, there are so many reasons to watch this movie. It's got an all star cast, and I'd say any one of the of the the big named actors that are in it give a performance that that's totally worth watching every single time. But I'm just going to have to say that they're one of my main reasons, if not my main reason to watch gross point blank is grosser played by Dan Aykroyd. Sure. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd is the kind of the rival hitman. He, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to get Martin blank played by John Cusack on board with his little, uh, you know, legion of, of assassins that he's trying to form. And, uh, because Martin won't, he just ends up becoming his enemy. And, Man, it's Dan Aykroyd. He delivers lines, you know, so clear. He he, he delivers lines nobody else can. He's such a he's a fast talker. I I, I love him. It's he's a really funny. Perfect role for him too, man. I mean, this is an ideal, you know, character for him to play because it's it's the quick wit. It's just the scenarios. It's outrageous. You know, he's he's wanting to start a a union 
of uh, of hitmen, you know, to to, <laughs> to go against the the way the current system is set up. I mean, why not? Why not Dan Aykroyd? He's perfect for that kind of stuff. Well, you know, he's, and he's Dan Aykroyd. I've always been a fan yep. of Dan Aykroyd. So, what do you have? What's All right, your reason? cool. So. Again, for you that may be not familiar with this, we all know who John Cusack is. Yes, we all love, you know, One Crazy Summer. We all love Better Off Dead. But I'm going to say it right here, man. This is John Cusack's best movie. I'm just... Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's his best movie, best character he plays. With all that being said, though, my number one reason to watch this movie is Joan Cusack. Yes. (laughs) She brings this movie home, and the interaction between those two is just priceless. And this movie doesn't happen without her being crazy and kooky and and over the top. She just nails this movie. And she's his secretary. She works for for her brother, John, which they're not brothers and sister in the movie, but she works for him as a secretary. And what do you do when you're a secretary for a hitman? I mean, think about the stuff you have to order. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of sound bites and stuff that'll be coming up that'll talk about some of this stuff, but she just makes the movie for me. I mean, it's just one of those things they keep cutting back to, and she's just hilarious. Yeah, and um, I I agree. I mean, she plays Marcella, the the receptionist for Martin Blank, and, and, you know, not only is she really funny, she's kind of also the only person that can dress him down right you know like like he everybody's he's, he's kind of he's he's not impolite or anything but he's kind of curt with everybody and she's the only one who can be like well you know you really kind of screwed that up and uh, uh you're really in trouble here so if i were you i'd get out you know and he doesn't always listen to her but it is a great dynamic because you know she's back at home base and she's setting up all the clients and uh and she's just fantastic. I agree 100%. Yeah. So if you don't know the story, John Cusack's a hitman. Uh, it's become his profession. He's really good at it. He has no remorse. But the job is starting to get to him because it's just the, the grind of the work, you know. And uh, he gets a chance or he gets a message that's sent through his business about a class reunion, 10-year class reunion. And, of course, he has no want to to go because the whole reason that he's doing what he's doing was to get away from that whole area and it just one thing leads to another and he ends up going back to his class reunion and and trouble ensues and trouble ensues i mean well that's kind of the point isn't it is that uh and that's one of the reasons i like the movie just overall is that it's kind of a love story it's definitely like a dramatic piece you know and that, that it has all these you know returning to old relationships but it's also you know it's also has to do with him being an assassin and kind of the danger that that brings to his everyday life which makes it exciting too i mean i agree with you that it's it's definitely one of if not the best john cusack movie out there and i think he would agree because he talks about it very fondly when when he's talked about you you know he's not afraid to tell you when he doesn't like something and just the pacing of the movie, you you were kind of dancing around it while I go, but it's a love story, it's an action movie, it's it, it's everything, it, lots of comedy, uh, and it just moves so fast, so quick and quirky dialogue. Uh, you know, uh, I think the best way to describe it is it's a lot like Weekend at Bernie's Two, but better. Yes. Hell me. <laughs> it's it's a lot like that, except for the badness. all right man what's next it's okay so a reason to watch this movie and i've got a sound clip to go along with it is the unique soundtrack i mean first of all it's got a bunch of really great 80s songs because you know you think it's his 10-year high school reunion and it's 1997 when it's made so 1987 is what they're hearkening back to and uh it's just got a number of fantastic songs, and it also uses them really creatively. Yeah. Uh, the clip I've got here is is how uh, one of the songs segues into a Muzak version of itself. So let's hear that. Thanks. Have a nice day. Yeah, it changes to the music. So it's great. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's a great segue. He walks into an, uh, a gas station that was on the land which his house was once on. <laughs> and he's pretty upset about that. It's great, man. The um, ultimate. <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, again, it's another really creative element to the thing. That right there is a prime example of how this movie just, instead of just having a great soundtrack, it also just incorporates it into the story in a really unique way. Yeah. Yeah. And the soundtrack throughout, man. Of course, you know me. I'm a big 80s nuts anyway. So their class reunion is they're the class of 86, I believe it was. And soundtrack is just, you know, classic 80, you know, when they get to the to the uh, class reunion and stuff. So, but throughout, man. I mean, uh you got some what Violet Films in there and a lot of a lot of good stuff, man. It's a great soundtrack. And Violet Films has got the the Clash Right, there's lots it's of got a, yeah. You know, under pressure is in there in a pretty major part. You know, yep. but even the songs you don't know, if you're not familiar with them all, because I, I, I know I'm not familiar with all of them. I was alive then, but you know, there's there's always more to learn. The the movie, the the sounds that they chose, the songs that they chose are fun, whether you know them or not. It's right. just a great soundtrack, and and mostly on purpose. I mean, whatever's going on lyrically is kind of tying into whatever's happening at the time of the movie. So it's just it's really well done. Cool. I agree, man. Soundtrack is incredible. All right, my next reason. And I know you got it on your list, too, but Alan Arkin, man, as the psychiatrist, <laughs> Dr. Oatman, is just great, man. Uh, again, it's perfect casting. He's just great. He's he's the psychiatrist for, for uh, Martin Blank, and just he's scared of the guy, <laughs> you know, because he knows that this guy does what he does for a living. And, I mean, how do you be a psychiatrist for a guy that, has no remorse for just killing people, you know. And how do you talk them down off of that? <laughs> and uh, yeah. he's just great, man. It's hard to get better than than Alan Arkin, too. Right. I mean, he's just he's a solid actor and he's a great character actor. And you're not going to see him in something, and, and he's not going to be letting you down. And this gives him a, a great opportunity to do what he does best, which is kind of give that uh, contemplative, you know, uh, older character. And he gets these one-on-one sessions and these phone conversations with uh, w- with John Cusack that are just Fantastic. that are just amazing. Yep. And matter of fact, when it gets to top five lines, one of his lines is mine. So, uh, yeah. I mean, every whew, man, just talk about the just dialogue in this movie in general. There's there's really no way to do a top five lines because this whole movie, as far as the script and the lines, is just incredible. Dialogue is top notch. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I've, I've, I've got that clip of, of, of uh, when you first meet him as uh, Martin Blank's uh, psychologist. Roll that beautiful bead footage. Shouldn't you be taking notes or something? I'm not taking notes, Martin, because I'm not your doctor. Please don't start with that <laughs> stuff again. Martin, I'm emotionally involved with you. How are you emotionally involved with me? I'm afraid of you. You're afraid of me. And that <laughs> constitutes an emotional involvement, and it would be unethical for me to work with you under those circumstances. Don't you think maybe you're just upset because I told you what I do for a living, and you got upset, and you're letting it interfere with our dynamic? Whoa. Martin, you didn't tell me what you did for a living. For yes, I did. You didn't tell me what you did for a living for four sessions. Then you told me, and I said, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> and yet you come back every week at the same time. That's a difficulty for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. It, and yet you come back every week at the same time, like, like he just refuses to not be his patient. And that's the relationship they have throughout. Yeah, you know, it's it's awesome. Yeah, he calls him up all the time, even when he's out doing a job. He's calling him and saying, "You know, Doc, I've been thinking about this." He's like, "Why do you keep calling me?" <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. What you got? I'm gonna say Mini Driver. Looks, oh, yeah. looks great and is great in this. You know, so yep. Mini Driver plays uh, uh, Debbie Newberry, John Cusack's old flame that he actually left waiting for him on the night of prom, and just disappeared for ten years. And you know, when he gets back, you know, she's there, and he kind of tries to reconcile with her, but he doesn't know how because he's awkward. He's been killing people. He's been a lone wolf right. for the last ten years, and uh, and I, I love the fact that you know. He's still awkward. He's still kind of paranoid. And she doesn't know why. But the way she plays off of him, I mean, she's just awesome. And, again, you, you have to have this in order to tie into him going back home and reliving the past. Apparently, they were supposed to go to prom together, and he stood her up. As a matter of fact, he just left. <laughs> he didn't just not show up to pick her up. He apparently just took off, left the Skipped town. town. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
you know, and all that ties into the story of what's going on here. Yeah, obviously, he's a troubled individual and he's trying to do the right things but he happens to be in a job where you don't do the right things you know and he has no remorse for it. he's like yeah basically uh if somebody pays me enough money i'll kill you and not think anything of it you know it's just interesting how they tie all these characters together and, and make it not a dark subject i mean uh yeah this movie could go a lot of different ways but it, it's really entertaining and when he's, he's- He's got this rationality he's throwing in there where he's he's like, anytime anybody brings it up, like, well, you know, you do kill people for. He's like, hey, look, look, if if I show up at your door, you did something to bring me there. You know, he, he says that like three times, and you could tell it's a mantra he's told himself because he's starting to feel like maybe he shouldn't do this. Right, right. So if you've seen Cameron Diaz in the mask, she looks young, she looks healthy. You know, and you look at her now, she still looks healthy, but she's she's really thin, right? It's kind of like that with Minnie Driver in this. She's She looks young. She looks healthy. I don't think she's ever looked better in a movie for me. She's very beautiful in this. And uh, it's the same kind of thing where, you know, as she got older, she's still pretty. But recapturing this, you know, I, I'm, I, I bet she's glad to have this on film because she looks great. <laughs> she's also the DJ there in the town. So she's, you know, spins record at the, at the local shops. and and uh, She's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and of course they're getting ready for the class reunion, so she's starting to spin all the old classics. And uh, John Cusack shows up, and uh, she's instantly has this weird flashback. So there's this total love hate thing that happens because the first time they see each other, they're staring each other down. You know if she's gonna slap him or what. And they just have this big kiss there for a second, but you can tell there's this lying, yeah, yeah. you know, thing lying underneath of, of the past of what's happened. So that gets revealed as it go along. I'm going to move on to... It's kind of a couple of things. It's based around one person, but I'm going to say the shootout at the convenience store with Benny the Jet Urquidez. And for you that don't know who he is, <laughs> yeah. they, call, they call him Benny the Jet. He, he's a martial arts choreographer for a lot of different movies with martial arts stuff, and here he is kind of doing his own thing. And he's a hitman as well that's been hired to take out our main character. He's been hired to kill him because of a, a job that went bad where some uh, rich guy's dog got blown up. This rich guy's dog got blown up on a previous job. Martin Blank was there. And so this guy wants revenge for his dog. Right. And he's hired this guy who who uh, John Cusack refers to as a ghoul. Yep. And yeah, he's a, he's a scary looking guy. Yep. And also with the he shows up at the reunion later. And exactly. it's one of my favorite my favorite things in there. He shows up and the lady's like, Oh, hi. And uh, <laughs> who might you be? And he goes, It is I. Karen Stevens. And he's, <laughs> he just he just grabs up. <laughs> He just grabs a name badge off the table, like looking at it while he says the name. <laughs> and oh, she's like, Well, you sure have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I agree. He's a great reason to watch the movie because, I mean, again, there's action in it, and he ends up in a couple of really good action scenes with yeah. uh, John Cusack, too. The, the, yeah, the shootout scene, and then, of course, I've got it in the notes, too, is the whole the, the school hall battle that they have is just absolutely great. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, that's my reason. What you got? All right, I've got it. Um, uh, here's a quick reason. Another reason to watch Gross Point Blank is the meeting the old teacher scene, right? So <laughs> it, 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 it's a movie that is comprised of a number of really quick scenes that are all excellently delivered. Uh, he goes back and meets his mom and dad. His mom's in, in, a, in a home and his dad's dead. And he kind of has like a reconciliation there. But he meets an old teacher, and it's every conversation you've ever had with an old teacher that you desperately wanted to impress. And you come back and you say, hey, you look great. And they're like, hey, it's you. And, and you can tell they're interested in what you're doing, but they have to get back to work. And and it's just this great little tense scene between him and a teacher where he's trying to impress her, and, and she's happy to see him, but she's got to get moving. And it's just another one of the reasons why this is a great movie, because these little moments in it, are so relatable. Yep. It's one of my favorite movies because there are so many scenes like that and I love it to death. And, and again, it's just the marriage of so many different things. Like we were talking about with the songs and stuff. Like I was talking about with the, the fight with Benny out out in the uh, the school hall and then at the end of it, there's a lot of blood in the hallway and all that stuff. But he gets his buddy that was his, you know, his friend from high school who just happens to wander down the hall when all this is going on. And he's like, you know, of course he goes into, is that 
Is that guy dead? Yeah, yeah. So he gets his buddy to help him. They just grab some banners off the wall, <laughs> off the high school walls to wrap the body up. And while they're disposing it, you know, 99 red lift balloons is playing. It's just like, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. The way it's just pieced together is just great, man. Well, and a few things about that scene. I mean, you know, one, who plays his friend Paul? It's of Jeremy course. Piven. Jeremy Piven. I mean, we, we, talk, we already talked about the, the cast being stupendous. I mean, yeah. Jeremy Piven plays his, uh, his friend, and as soon as he meets him on the street, yeah. you know, it's like they're right back there in high school again. You know, he doesn't, he's not paranoid anymore. He's just, he's just palling around with Paul. And th- this is a real friend because after 10 years of not knowing what you're doing, uh, he shows up and, and you just killed somebody in the hallway. And what does he do? He helps you hide the body. Right, right. And I do love the scene, too, when they first meet up, but he's still on the clock, and he's going to show this house. And and John Cusack's just standing out in the yard while he's showing his house to this couple. And <laughs> then you get the security guard guy that comes up. Hey, oh, man, that how's it going? Yeah, I mean, the, again, it's just all these characters... Such quick dialogue. Every bit of it's just hilarious. You'll watch this over and over and just pick up on new things every time. It's hard to say what is a favorite line because there's so many great lines in this movie. And he's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When he's showing the house to the family and, and you know, the, it all gets real quiet. And John Cusack says, you know, I, I'm not married, but if I was, it would, it would be a woman like you. <laughs> and I would want to live in a house like this and they just wander <laughs> off and he's like yeah I don't, I don't think they're going to call back <laughs> yeah yeah the security guard guy I don't think they're really buyers I don't think you're qualified to make that call are you <laughs> the, the security guard guy he shows up a few times again just a great bit part he comes in and he's like he's he's kind of a weirdo and you get the concern about him like he might just decide to go you know go postal that guy's great for every line he's in, but you just watch it. Just just watch it, and you'll know what we're talking about. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, come up to my next one. I'm going to say there's the concept of shakabuku that comes up. You know, <laughs> yes. Mini Driver, you know, as a, as Debbie, she she tells him, you know, well, what you need is a shakabuku. And he's, well, what's that? He's, she says it's the, the swift spiritual kick to the head that alters your reality forever. And it's just a great little... It's a great little thing to bring up because that's exactly what he needs, and that's exactly what this return to the ten-year high school union ends up being. Yep. You know, it's it's he, he realizes that he's been lying to himself about you know living his life, and it's time to change the script. It's one of those scenarios where he's trying to change things for the right, but it's just at the absolute worst time of trying to make it happen because. All in all, when it comes down to it, he was sent home not only for his class reunion, but to also do a job while he's there. Right, right, because, you know, he had messed up a job, and Joan Cusack tells him, you know, Joan Cusack, I cannot talk enough about how hilarious she is. I mean, you'll just have to watch it, and and every time she comes on the screen, you'll just, you'll have to giggle. Let's play the sample of Joan Cusack on the phone to a vendor there. Wait, hold on a second. Pacific Triangle Global. Janice? Yeah, no, where the f*** is it? I ordered three days ago. No, that doesn't work. That's that's not right. Let me go over it again, all right? Let's see. 3,000 rounds of 9mm subsonic. You had that. I gave that to you on the f***ing list. <laughs> well, I don't give a where it is. You get it here now! <laughs> Amelia? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. No, I'm, it's not going to be a boring soup. It just—that's just the base. You put the chicken in. You've got to add other flavors. Carrots and celery are just a base of a soup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be your lines or not, but when he calls her Sergeant Pepper because she's wearing that <laughs> double-breasted right? shirt, you know, <laughs> it's just got so much stuff in it, man. I wish I, you know, I probably should have gotten more sound clips of her, but you get the idea. This isn't the idea behind Hailming Power Hour. We don't. We don't do the whole movie for you. Yeah, we, we tell you the reason to watch the movie. It just so happens that there are a zillion reasons to watch this one. Very true, man. It's It's got a lot of stuff. It's hard not to give much away. The whole point that he's at home to do this job, and it's somebody he cares about. I mean, it, it comes out in the last several minutes of the movie that, that his, his hit is related to someone he knew while he was living there. And I, I think that yeah. we, we can leave that. Right. 
for you to find out. I, right. I think that that's fine. But uh, so he decides to do the opposite because he knows these other people are coming to try to do the job for he does because it's all part of the the whole Dan Aykroyd's union. You know they're going to start trying to you know capitalize off of these jobs and get them done for other people that's not in the union. You know that kind of idea. That plays into my very next reason. So we can keep talking about it. My next reason is grosser. You know. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's character sells him out, right? When he finds out that he took the job in Detroit, he sells him out to the feds and he gets two NSA agents on his trail and they are 100% a reason to watch this movie. It's played by uh, Hank Azaria and K. Todd Freeman, who I've seen him in lots of stuff. I get him confused with another actor, but most recently he plays Mr. Poe in the the Netflix uh, series of Unfortunate Events. But in this, he is hilarious. Yeah. They're both, and they have this this back and forth. Uh, I have a couple of clips of that, but yeah. well, we can get even, to those later. You've even made a reference before that, you know, you, you and I, our relationship is kind of like these two guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it kind of reminds us of, of our, you know, our everyday conversations we have and stuff. So, yeah, let's see. We got, uh, we got this one here. You've never met Mark Blank. You know, girls are pointing them out to me. I'm telling you that you never met Martin Blank, okay? No, 17 months ago, I was posting a walk in Lisbon, and he was there. He hasn't been in Lisbon since 1990. You know how I know that? I read the file. Read the file. No, actually, as a matter of fact, I actually talked to him in Bond. <laughs> you, always, you always have to know everybody. Well, I tell you what, why don't I take the weekend off and you kill him, since you two are so close. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess. <laughs> I guess I would be the Hank Azaria character in that. You know. Was, oh yeah. Well, you know what? You know, well, I looked it up, and you're wrong. And you're just like, yeah, I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's us. <laughs> yeah. And here's the other clip. What do you mean, do his job? What am I, a cold-blooded killer? I'm not a cold-blooded no, killer. Wait a minute. No, you wait a minute. You want to kill the good guy, but not be the bad guy. It doesn't work like that. You gotta wait. Until the bad guy kills the good guy, then when you kill the bad guy, you're the good guy. So, just to clarify, <laughs> if we do his job, we're the bad guys. And if we do our job, we're the good guys. Yes. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that actually does sound like uh, some of our conversations. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, I think the '90s had a number of movies where hitmen had great conversations. Yeah. And uh, it was it, it was it's a great trend. I hope it comes back. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I would argue that none of them are as well put together as this one is. So, sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. An- another thing I love about these guys is there's this scene where you know Dan Aykroyd's there with them, and Martin Blank walks into a bathroom. He tells him he's like, he says, I'm going to be back at the hotel in half an hour. I'll see you guys there. And they just kind of don't acknowledge him. And then when he leaves, Dan Aykroyd comes out of the bathroom stall yeah. and, uh, and and he's like, why don't you just kill him? And they're like, that's not what we do. And then when, and then Hank Azaria says, he's, he's, he's coming, coming back. back. <laughs> so he and jumps so back into Aykroyd, the stall. <laughs> Dan Eckridge just back in the song, it gets real quiet, and the, the two hitmen just look at each other and start kind of snickering. Then he, you know, after about 20 seconds, he just back and says, Come on, you guys! <laughs> he, he just made him hide in the toilet for no reason. That's it's awesome. Those guys are great. Yeah. And they're definitely a reason to watch the movie. They add a lot. Without a doubt, man. <laughs> All right, my, my last other reason the, the whole ending of the movie where you get the big shootout. You know, with Dan Aykroyd and company coming in to try to take everybody out, and Dan Aykroyd's just running around, and you can tell he's enjoying his job. You know, this character loves what yes. he does, and he's running around and he's just saying all these quirky things, and oh nope, you didn't get me, you know, and just and the the battle that happens in that in that house is just incredible, and Dan Aykroyd's demise too is is pretty cool. <laughs> it's it's pretty stellar. It's pretty stellar. Yeah, like, like you said, it's a, it's an action. You know, it's every bit the action sequence that you want in an action movie, and it's in the middle of this great comedy romance drama. And you know, they're they're gunmen at the front door and gunmen at the back door. They're all coming after Martin. They're coming after the target. 
and uh, and he ends up beating them all, you know, one at a time. And Grocer's style is so much different than 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 Martin Blank's. Oh yeah. And Martin Blank is uh, he waits up in the clock tower and he and he delivers you know two to the head and then he's done. But Grocer just goes in with with two guns and gloves on, right? Yeah, you know, and shoots everybody a hundred times and then drops the guns on the ground and takes off, right? And it's like using a bulldozer to find a tiny cup. You know, it's it's a uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the showdown is is fantastic, and during this whole time he's proclaiming his love for uh, Mimi Driver's character, and you know he's willing to give it all up, but at the same time he's just you know unloading his guns and shooting people. <laughs> Seriously, I mean it. I know it seems like an odd time, but I love you, and, and will you marry me? You know, it's just it's just the way it's all put together. It's just fantastic. Yeah, you don't have to answer me right now, but oh, hold on. And he, he beats a guy to death with a frying pan, and then he comes back and he's like, but I've been considering this, and I, I'm, I'm going to leave all this, and, and I want to start new, and I want you to be part of my new life. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I love it to death. It's, but, of course, like you said, the, the, uh, Grocer's death where he, uh, he says, Martin, I'll sell you some more bullets, and yeah, right. throws the clip over the other side, and then he stands up to shoot him when he goes after the bullets, and... Uh, gets crowned and uh, John Cusack yeah John Cusack drops a TV on his head in pure Henry style <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's, it's it's great stuff yeah it's fantastic all right you got anything else um you know I'm just gonna run through just a few things yep there's an airplane there's an airplane where where John Cusack gives many driver an airplane props her up on his feet you know so she can fly yep and that's a really fun scene mm-hmm. yeah it, it shows the chemistry between the two of them it's, it's a lot of fun there's the whole reunion oh. where the two of them i mean even though she's lived there the whole time and he's gone off killing people everybody they meet they're, the car they're both dealer, just kind of like i gotta get out of here right. you know the car dealer everybody wants just to find so him in the awful. hallway <laughs> you know yeah bob Des- desperello yeah Destapello, Bob Destapello, who, who's, who's, um, you know, constantly saying, "Hey, you want to do some blow?" And everybody's like, "No, I don't want to do some blow." <laughs> At the end of every conversation, it don't matter if it's a good or a bad. What if I just punch your face in? Hey, man, come on, we don't want to get there. Okay, you're right. You want to do some blow? I <laughs> do some. And yeah, no, when they have that. that... The, when he reads the po- the poem, <laughs> <laughs> these these are these are my words. Like, oh, oh, you you got something? Well, and lay it on me. And he starts with a poem. And it's so slow. And John Cusack's like, that's that's really good. He's like, there's, there's more. He's like, yeah, the, the, I, mean, just, I can just tell. Just to the end there. Really good. <laughs> right, well, I think the end of it is for, for a while. For a while. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob, Bob Destapello is a, is a reason to watch the movie. And then really, I, just like you, I got, well, Debbie's dad is a character yes. in this. And he's the... Uh, He's the, I'm going to meet you in the living room with a shotgun, Dad, for about two minutes. And then he says, out of hell with this. You want a drink? And he's like, you know, I kind of like a drink, but I got to go. He's like, oh, y'all have fun. It's <laughs> just, I'm not going to play this part anymore. It's been 10 years. I don't care. My daughter is an adult. Y'all just go. I'm not going to do this. Right. And again, it's, it's another example of just how this movie is so well put together. Yep. I don't have any reasons to watch it other than just watch it and find your own reasons because there's a ton. Yeah, there's a ton of them. And and another thing too is when people always ask him what he's been doing for the past year, ten years, he tells them. And of course, nobody believes him. You know. So what what are you doing now yeah. with your life? Oh, I'm a professional killer. Oh well, that's you know. I guess that's I guess that's a good way to to make a living. I mean, then none of them takes him serious. And that's that's the right. funny thing too. He he doesn't lie and cover it up. He just blurts it out. And uh, which ties into my my top five lines as well. So, absolutely, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. They, we can go to top five lines. I'm just gonna say that I agree with you 100. percent The great thing about it is that he doesn't make up what he's been doing. Right. He just decides I'm gonna tell everybody I'm a professional killer, and everybody's just like, well, they didn't expect that, so they don't believe it. Right. So that brings us up to top five lines. Yay! <laughs> you want to kick it off, man? Sure. I'm going to give my top five line is a Joan Cusack line. And, uh, you know, she's at the whole beginning, he's doing a job and she's reading him the pamphlet for the school reunion and he's telling her to stop. Um, and afterward, you know, he, he finally breaks down and he, and he says, fine, did you go to yours? <laughs> and she says, yes, I did. 
it was just as if everyone had swelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. My first one is uh, when, when he calls Dr. Oatman or he's talking to him about going back to the class reunion. How about just uh, don't kill anybody for a few days? See what that feels like. And he goes, <laughs> all right, I'll give it a shot. And he said, no, no, don't give it a shot. Don't, don't shoot anything. <laughs> And just you know, it's nonstop stuff like that. It's just great. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll give my next line. No, don't. (laughs) No, don't, don't, don't shoot anybody. And I've I've got another Doctor Oatman line too. Uh, So you know, Doctor Oatman's talking to him, and and, you know, he's guiding his whole session. You know, he's like, hey, shouldn't you ask me about something? How how are you feeling? You know, he just he's just going through the motions, trying to end this thing. Right, and. uh, he says he finally like interjects and he says, you know, part of the problem, and you know, if you don't mind me mentioning this, what's making you miserable is the angst over killing lots of people. And, and it's just such a an obvious thing. And it, it also factors in that he asks him about yeah, he says, Shouldn't I talk about my dreams? He's like, Yeah, what about your dreams? He's like, I had a dream where I'm the and he goes through this whole thing talking about being the, the energizer bunny, but they never use the word energizer. It's the battery bunny. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact they never use it. But he yeah. says, well, that, that's a terrible dream. He just keeps going and going and has no life. Right. And, uh, yeah, their session's fantastic. But I would say maybe the angst are killing lots of people. Right. <laughs> the next one I got is uh, Mr. Newberry when he's sitting there talking to him. And he asks him, like we've been talking about, so what have you been doing with your life? He goes, uh, professional killer. And he goes, oh, good. Good for you. It's a growth industry. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the way people uh, respond to it every time. It's, yeah, it's like, everybody oh, well, just yeah. Well, that's that's good. It, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like since you're screwing with me and you're not telling me the truth, I'll just make a joke about it because right. you know, nobody believes him. Right. Um, <laughs> and it, it, the funny thing is, he's, he's kind of reaching out to people by saying that, like you know, maybe maybe I'll get some kind of judgment on what I do, and everybody just decides not to. Right. Um, so I've got a I've got a line from Martin where he's talking to Dr. Oatman on the phone. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> after he finds out that his, his house has become an Ultimart, yep. he says, <laughs> he says, I guess it's true what they say. You can never go home again, Oatman, but I guess you can shop there. <laughs> I, I love it too. When he calls him later on to like cancel the, the, his, his yeah. meetings, but and, you know, he's like, cause it's just going wrong. And he's just giving him all the, the rundown of how bad of a psychiatrist he is and stuff. And he's there with a client. Seriously. Yeah, he's got a client there that he's trying to session with and he picks up the phone. He's trying to stop it from, <laughs> so she can hear it and all this stuff. It's great. Great. And she's crying too. It's, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, my last one is when uh, John Cusack's talking to Bobcat Goathwait, and he says, you going to eat that omelet? Oh, there's an omelet scene. <laughs> yes, there is. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't hold myself back. I've got two more lines. Yeah. Plus the fact that I took samples from this movie, which I'll continue to do because I had a good time doing that. I've got two more lines. One of them I quote all the time. I quote this line all the time. It's from Paul, you know, played again by uh, Jeremy Piven, and, uh, and it's... Hey, you look good. You you started working. He says, "Yeah, I stopped uh, pouting on the sidelines. Got in the game. Join the working week. Uh, why don't you valet park your high horse and take it easy on your old buddy Paul?" <laughs> I say that all. I've messed it up every time. You know, it's for okay. a line that I quote. Yeah, you know, I probably didn't get it right. <laughs> I and quote it all the time. My last line. <laughs> I quote it all the time. Wrongly. <laughs> my my next line is uh, is is from the guy who works at the Ultimart. After oh. the Ultimart explodes. Yes. And John Cusack has to be or Martin Blake's like, are you okay? He says, no, no, I'm not all right. I'm hurt. I'm pissed. I got to find a new I job. I got to find a new job. <laughs> he just rubs off his, his hand. I love it. It's yeah. hilarious. It's great, man. <laughs> all right, that's all of that. We're going to go straight into... Rating time, time, time. Rating time. This will be a good one, man. Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, and you just brought him up, 28 store clerks that plays a video game with his headphones on listening to the Ace of Spades by Motorhead while a massive gunfight is going on in the store. That's a good one. I'm going to give it uh, 12 grocers saying pop, 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 popcorn, <laughs> which I actually have a, I actually have a clip of. 
if you'll play that first clip. Just a father figure to me. Hey, if oh. you want a father, I'll give you a spanking. Yeah, forget about it. Look, the employers Berlin. are getting this a lot cheaper because yeah. there's so many no, more. It's of right us. Well, after the Berlin thing, what can you do? Soviet bloc collapse. The market's right. flooded. Okay, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at consolidated bargaining. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't want to play against you. This thing is real. How real? Moranga brothers, uh, them uh, East German ecstasy guys. Oh, I don't like those guys. <laughs> them like those uh, guys. Butch Filipino ladies. <laughs> little uh, the dwarf uh, made the stabbers. Little stabbers. Stabbers. Hotel, <laughs> you know. We got a great crew. Everybody's in. Yeah, well, not me. So don't paw at me with your dirty little guild. All right. Well, you know, life's full of second chances. <laughs> and uh, here's chance two for you. You think about coming in with me. Mm-hmm. You ponder, okay? I'll think about it. Because either way, I'm gonna get you, kid. Yeah, get what? Get back. <laughs> bing, 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 bang. Popcorn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> bing, bing, bang, popcorn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, I have to check this movie out. Oh, we got to find out what Brian Blessed thinks of this movie. Brian Blessed, what do you think of the 1997 Gross Point Blank? Cinema Psyops. Can suck it. Oh. No. I think it means he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Blessed on the clean team, I guess. I yeah, don't know. I guess so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that rigged up to do a couple of different ones, too. Let's see. What else does Brian Blessed think? Almost as boring as a show with Matt and Court. <laughs> I like the roll on the tongue there. Almost as boring. And- <laughs> garbage people. Yeah, garbage people. It's like hell! All listening to two episodes of Cinema Psyops back to back. <laughs> I kind of like that one. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that means. I wonder if you liked it. Yeah. I think he did. Let's see. For real. Brian Blessed. Oh, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> That's right. Nice. All right. All right, folks, we'll be right back. This is Clint Eastwood, and this is gross. Point blank. Those pimple-popping videos, you know what I'm talking about? Every time you get on the Internet, there's those damn videos of people popping pimples. It's a hell of a thing, popping a pimple. You take away everything it's got and all it's ever going to have. You ever notice how you come across a pimple every once in a while you shouldn't have messed with? Well, that's me. You see, in this world there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those that pop pimples and those who dig. You dig. I know what you're thinking. Did he pop six pimples or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being as this is a pimple-popping video, you could possibly blow your head clean off. So you got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Go ahead, make my day, pop another pimple. I'm not afraid of any man, but when it comes to sharing my feelings about pimple-popping videos, my stomach turns to royal gelatin. Pimple-popping videos, they're gross, point blank. Here in Gross Point, Michigan, don't miss Bob Destapello's reading. From the BMW dealership beside the old Kmart comes inspired words from a poetry master. Classics from a suit coat pocket, like this one. When I feel quiet. When I feel blue. And who could forget this one? For a while. Haunting stuff, and all the new material that he's been working on in the last six months. You want to do some blow? Don't miss Bob Destapello's words. 
every Tuesday in March at the Perky Nurple Coffee Spot. Oh, welcome back, Pointer. It's Arlene Haslot Joseph. And who might you be? It is I, Sydney Feldman. Are you tired of spending good money on a hitman only to have the job fall short? Are you tired of conflicting assassins spending more time destroying convenience stores and attempt to kill each other rather than taking out your target? When it comes down to it, are you tired of people you hate still breathing? With Grocer's Assassination Union, you get quality murder at discount pricing. By running all contracts through one organization, we make sure that the jobs don't overlap, which leads to a bloody mess. Literally, a bloody mess. Also, you get a team of professionals to make sure your job gets done. With a single loner assassin, you run the risk of having your job fall through because the man you hired falls in love with your target's daughter or has a newfound respect for life. With the GAU, if one assassin can't do it, we have a replacement all ready for you at no extra charge. We make killing expedient, efficient, and fun. And we pass the savings on to you. Want someone shot down? You got it. Want someone poisoned in their sleep? No problem. Need a jogger dead? We'll make it look like the first five minutes of CSI. So call Grocer's Assassination Union at 1-800-476-7277. That's 1-800-GROSS-ASS, where we put the professional back in professional killer. At Grocer's Assassination Union, we'll kill people for money. And now, did you know, with the 37th President of the United States of America, Richard Nixon, my fellow Americans, this is Richard Milhouse Nixon, and this is the Helming Power Hour, and this is Did You Know About the Movie, Gross Point Blank. Did you know the movie, Gross Point Blank, features appearances by most of the acting members of the Cusack family, Joan Cusack, John Cusack, Ann Cusack, and Bill Cusack. The only one missing is their father, Tricky Dick Cusack. Did you know Jenna Elfman was wearing a body brace at the dance that was a tribute to Joan Cusack in the movie Sixteen Candles? Did you know my nickname, Tricky Dick, is gross, point blank? Did you know George Armitage originally planned to shoot the high school scenes at Gross Point South High, but was unable to get permission from the school board. They felt that it would be inappropriate to show someone graduating from Gross Point school system to become a hitman. Did you know Martin's invitation to his high school reunion, which is tucked into the mirror as he gets ready, requires attendees to dress to kill. Did you know that Watergate does not bother me? Does your conscience bother you? Tell the truth. Did you know there are several Bond movie references, including the attempted poisoning by String from You Only Live Twice and the Guns N' Roses version of the theme from Live and Let Die, which Martin listens to just before he enters the Ultimart for the first time. When he enters the Ultimart, it changes to a Muzak version of Live and Let Die that picks up exactly where GNR left off. There's also references to Goldfinger. You've been listening to Did You Know? On the Hell Ming Power Hour with Richard Milhouse Nixon. Did you know I'm still not a crook? Yeah! 
All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, take the time out. Check this movie out. I guarantee you, you'll like at least something about it. If it's not the music, the dialogue, just the way it's put together. If you like action, action flicks, you're going to dig this movie. If you like just quirky Tarantino-style dialogue, you're going to like this movie. It's just a whole lot of fun, and, and uh, we're both just really big fans of it. Glad we could share it with you. Yeah, exactly. There's a what they're calling there's a movie called War Incorporated that's kind of a touted as a sequel to it. It has John Cusack in it. I watched it based on the fact that it was kind of called a sequel to Gross Point Blank. It's not as good, you know. You might want to check it out, but if you've seen that and you thought, oh, I didn't like that one, so I'm not going to check out this one, Gross Point Blank is much better. It's a very fresh movie. It's a, it's a really well done. It's got great actors in it. I mean, Jenna Elfman shows up just as a cameo in it, and, and she's funny. It just yeah. People show up in it. It's, it's really worth a watch. I cannot express that enough. Yep. Yep, an absolute favorite, and you know it's it's weird it's taking us this long. It's you know you look through the schedule trying to lay movies out and try to jump from genre to genre from time to time, and you know it was due time. But this is really way high on the list for us both as far as just a a great enjoyable movie. So take the time out, check it out. I guarantee you, you will want to show it to somebody if you haven't seen it before, or if you have seen it before, say hey, you know what, we need to revisit this. So uh, that's our job here is to get you to check it out again. Right, if you have ever. Trust our recommendations, then go ahead and trust this one. Take that as you. If you haven't trusted our recommend, well, yeah. If you haven't trusted our recommendations, I'm wondering why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) And if you got comments, you can direct them to that brick wall over there. (laughs) (laughs) So just valley park your high horse and uh, and lay off old Rick and Danny over here. (laughs) All right, folks. I believe we're going to head out. We're going to figure out what we can do to, uh, you know. Get rid of this problem with uh, the PSYOPs twins and uh, and uh, try to get all that straightened out. So, folks, uh, keep your chin up. Keep on going forward. We'll see you next time, folks. Adios. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Dear Points High alumni, can you believe it's been 10 years since you left Gross Point? Where are you now? Are you on an outward-bound canoe trip like Brooke Stenson? Or perhaps in charge of public appearances for the NFL like Leslie Gunther? Sandy Glasser owns a cheese shop. Looking at yearbooks and pictures evokes so many memories. Some good, some bad, but all interesting. Whenever news of you filters back, the school is excited and proud of your accomplishments. As a graduate of the class of 1986, You are someone special. Remember, there's nowhere you can go that you haven't learned how to go in time. Exciting words, everybody. Just remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night. Receive the following Classic Curves by Dittos, The Pants for Feel Good Company, a gift certificate from Maru Chan Ramen Noodles, Rice Aroni. All guests receive a copy of the Hell Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hell Bing is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Bing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.
We are going to empty your memory.